What is going on, Nuggets Nation? It is Nilo Piero of Mile High Sports, back at it again with the latest installment of the Denver Nuggets podcast right here on the Mile High Sports Podcasting Network. Hope everyone is doing well here on Wednesday, January 13th. a good day here uh, in the Mile High City so far. Going down to the studio here in a little bit to be doing the Mile High Sports uh, little Denver sports betting program from 6 to 7. So be sure to check out MileHighSports.com uh, during that time. As well as the MMA plug tonight streaming live on MileHighSports.com tonight from 7 to 8 o'clock. So I'll be heading on down to the studio here in a few minutes. But uh, a little bit of news that has come down through the pipes over the last 30 minutes or so. And I happen to get a live reaction of it. But uh, James Harden, the former Houston Rockets guard, has been trained to the Brooklyn Nets in a big, big deal, which is also going to send Victor Oladipo uh, to the uh, Houston Rockets. I'm actually not sure if that's a separate deal or what, but at the end of the day, at the end of the day, James Harden is going to be a member of the Nets, and Victor Oladipo is going to be a member of the Houston Rockets. And uh, had a good conversation with Will Peterson of Nine News. You guys might remember Will from his time here at Mile High Sports Radio. He also did some work with the various other sports talk uh, radio stations around town. So uh, a tried and true Denver sports fan who really knows his stuff and he was uh fortunate enough to join me here for you know about a 20 25 minute conversation about the state of the denver nuggets and we actually were talking about should denver make a trade for somebody like a hard and when the news came down so you're going to get a live reaction to the news out of uh, Will and myself. So you're going to want to be sure to, to listen to this full interview, guys. It's a good one. So be sure to follow Will on social media, guys, at Peterson Will. And when you're spelling Peterson, it's with all ease. So at Peterson Will on Twitter, he's a good follow. And uh, if you're a member of Nuggets Twitter, you probably know Will. Um, you probably love him. You probably hate him. You know, he, he gets a little fiery out there with his takes and whatnot. But just a really good in-depth uh, sophisticated conversation, you know, I had here with Will and, and, you know, whether you find some hot, whether you're a hot take guy or not, you know, Will is uh, able to kind of put the facts behind, uh, whatever he says. And we, we just dive into a lot of different topics here that I think, uh, you know, Nuggets fans are going to enjoy. And I think if you're a realist, that's the biggest thing here at the end of the day. If you consider yourself a Denver Nuggets realist and you want this team to win a championship, regardless of the current state of the team, uh, I think it's a great listen. And Will is a realist to the truest sense. So all, all he wants is for this team to win and uh, win as soon as possible. So without further ado, let's dive into the conversation with Will Peterson from Nine News here on the latest installment of the Denver Nuggets podcast right here on the Mile High Sports Podcasting Network. All right, what is going on, Nuggets Nation? It is Anilo Piro of the Mile High Sports Denver Nuggets podcast, and I am joined by uh, an esteemed member of Nuggets Twitter. Some love him, some hate him. Mr. Will Peterson of Nine News, the digital dude over there at Nine News doing some reporting over there, and uh, former radio host at Mile High Sports. Uh, I remember back in the day when you used to uh, do the show back there in the old studios downtown, and uh, you've you've uh, landed over there at Nine News. But uh, thank you for joining me, man. How are you doing today? Yeah, I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. I had some great times at Mile High Sports, and I uh, always love catching up with you guys. For sure, man. So uh, before we dive into the Nuggets, uh, what's been going on with you since uh, the listeners haven't been hearing you on Mile High? How are things over at Nine News? Yeah, you know, things are good. Um, Like everyone, the pandemic just changed everything, right? Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, I was out at Broncos, Avs, Nuggets, Rockies on on almost a daily basis, uh, doing a lot of high school prep stuff too. And then last March, the world shut down. So um, we've had to adjust. Um, You know, I I produce sports casts from my couch now. Um, I probably should tell my bosses, listen, I do it from my desk. No, I I do it from my couch. (laughs) Um, But, uh, you know, we've adjusted and the product has still looked okay on air. 
Uh, I will be glad though when the Zoom era is over and we can get back to interviewing folks in person. But uh, no, everything's been rolling along. I've been there a year and a half now. Time flies. Wow. But having a good time. Year and a half. That's crazy to me, man. It seems like it was just yesterday that like, that's crazy. A year and a half really doesn't seem right. But uh, good to hear you're doing well, man. And I mean, you've had major stops at all the big stations in town. So you really know what you're talking about when it comes to, you know, the beats of these teams and in particular, the Denver Nuggets. And uh, it, it's been a, an interesting go around for this team, man. Five and six. They collapsed last night in the, in the second half against the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, let's start there. What is just kind of your, your latest take after this Brooklyn loss? Well, you know, it's, it, to me, it's more of the same, you know, just consistent struggles, not able to close out when you need to, uh, but kind of your first reaction to that loss against Brooklyn. Well, I think it was twofold. First of all, it is more of the same and we'll dive into that as the podcast goes on, I'm sure. But specifically to last night, um, the loss of Gary Harris mere hour, hour and a half before mm-hmm. tip off. I did think hurt. Uh, let's be honest. Gary's not who he was two years ago. But on this East Coast trip, for whatever reason, he had showed a little bit of flash on the offensive Mm -hmm. end and played well in those first two games. And I don't expect Gary Harris to lock down Kevin Durant, but the Nuggets (laughs) had no one who could guard Kevin Durant last night in the second half. The guy got whatever he wanted. Um, 16-point halftime lead, and I even texted a couple people. uh, The Nets were plus 520 on the money line and said, "Yeah, that's tempting. And uh, third quarter Nuggets showed up once again, and, and they fell apart. And obviously, you can blame Harris not being there, Porter not being there, but but they're clearly not getting enough from Jamal Murray. Um, the bench, while it has showed flashes, particularly in New York against the Knicks, I, I didn't think it was anything to write home about last night. So, mm-hmm. same old problems, but I would have liked to see that game um, with Gary Harris because we don't know what's going on with him. Hope everything's okay. I mean, that news broke an hour and a half mm-hmm. before and then the Michael Porter Jr. thing, too. Malone finally acknowledges after the game that Porter has COVID, had COVID. We knew it was some sort of protocols, but he finally says it out loud. Um, would have been fun to see the Nuggets with their full roster last night. Sounds a little excusey, but believe me, there's plenty of criticisms about this team. And last night may have been the, the first one where the excuses are actually a little more valid um, than they were in, say, the two losses to the Kings. I completely agree. And I think, you you know, you do have to take it a game at a time, you know, when it comes to dishing out criticism. And at the end of the day, you know, they blew a double digit lead. But I agree with you, you know, maybe there are in some built in excuses um, with that loss against Brooklyn, uh, just as you alluded to Gary Harris not being there and the continued Michael Porter Jr. situation. But to me, the biggest disappointment of that loss, and this is kind of my overarching theme of just where the Nuggets are right now as a team is their lack of a signature win this season and a win against Brooklyn in New York or in Brooklyn, excuse me. uh, You know, that would have been a signature win. And I mean, you know, you brought up the the victory against the Knicks and you know, it's the Knicks, you know, they've been playing better, but at the end of the day, that's a game that you got to win and you should win handily, which they did. And the 76ers game, you know, that's kind of a wash in my opinion, you know, similar to that game against the Houston Rockets, you know, who were depleted at that time. So, you know, I look at that as this road trip and just overall, you know, you still, Denver is still reeling for that first kind of, you know, hang, you can hang your cap on this win type moment. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, you look at the opportunities they've had. Uh, they had Phoenix at home in the final possession, couldn't pull it out. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's the buzzer beater against Dallas to send it to overtime, couldn't pull it out. Uh, you've got the Clippers on a national showcase on Christmas night. And you get blown out of the building early and can't quite crawl back in it. And then you get the Nets last night, you get a 16 point halftime lead and you can't find a way to pull out the win. Well, that's four of your six losses, right? And the other two losses are the two Sacramento losses. So I don't even have the schedule in front of me, and I just reeled the six losses off off the top of my head. 
four of those six losses could have been signature wins. You can argue with the Phoenix. Exactly. To be honest, Phoenix is atop the Western Conference right now. We're right there. Chris Paul was clearly a great addition. Devin Booker is taking that step we want Jamal Murray to take. And the Nuggets have had four chances and haven't pulled out a single one of them and sit at five and six. And I know people hate the woulda, coulda, shoulda, but mm-hmm. Anil, this team could be nine and two right now. They could be 10 and one right now. I mean, other than the Christmas Day loss against the Clippers, they probably could have or should have won every game, especially the two against the Kings. And then, yeah. um, you know, the, the other ones we talked about. So I guess the good news is they're not getting blown out of the water. They're not mm-hmm. losing by 25 to 30 points. There is hope there that the five and six could be, even if you don't want to call it 10 and one, let's say eight and three, and we'd be having an entirely different conversation right now. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And that's why, you know, because you can toe the line there and, you know, they could easily have eight or nine wins or they could have eight or nine losses. You know, it's 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 so interesting. And that's why I think, you know, when it comes to what should this team do, you know, what, what do they need to do to get back to where they need to be? You know, those questions I think are hard to answer. And the unfortunate thing as well is the shortened schedule, you know, going from 82 to 72 games, like the margin for error is razor thin. And I mean, you look, you brought up a team like the Suns, you know, they're trending upwards in the Western Conference. And I just wonder about the Nuggets long term, you know, the Nuggets overall, you know, ability to hang with these teams in the standings, you know, over the course of the next handful of weeks, if they don't get it figured out specifically in the bench and, you know, maybe mitigating the losses of MPJ and Gary Harris. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Uh, the, the thing that worries me, and I actually had this conversation with someone a little earlier today, you're going to wake up all of a sudden and be the seven seed if you keep mm-hmm. screwing around and losing games to the Kings and not pulling out overtime games uh, where you had a miraculous shot to force overtime and not handing Brooklyn a lot when you've got a 16-point lead at half. And if you're the seven seed, you're one and done. You're yep, the eighth guarantee. You're one and done. Those two are guarantees. Now, you tell me you're the six seed – maybe you could pull out a first round win, but, but, but let's be honest, this team made the Western conference finals. We expected Mm -hmm. a one, two or three seed. Like I'm not going to sit here and cheerlead with my pom pom and say, wow, yeah, man, they they crawled their way up to the five seed. Congratulations. Mm -hmm. I don't care about that. If the Lakers are the one, I get it. There's no Mm -hmm. reason this Nuggets team shouldn't be the two um, or at the very worst, the three. So yeah, to your point, if these injuries keep lingering, if MPJ keeps doing whatever he's doing, that's a whole other story. <laughs> that's bizarre. Uh, you can speculate for days on what's going on there. Then they are going to mess around, find themselves three, four, five games under 500, and be scrapping and clawing for a playoff spot. And yep. you know who scrapped and clawed for a playoff spot? The Nuggets of three years ago. Mm-hmm. That game with Minnesota, the 82nd game that they lost, that was scrapping and clawing for the eighth seed. We've moved on past that, or at least I'd yep. like to think we have. But that's the way this team is trending right now. It's early. I don't want to panic. But that was so three years ago. We, yeah. We can't do that crap anymore. Well, and I want to build off that thought because while I agree with you, like you don't want to be doing that crap anymore. And I think that the Nuggets are a better team, you know, this year and, you know, over the last couple of years than they were, you know, a few years ago. I have to beg the question, you know, that Nuggets team that we saw in the bubble, you know, I think that they set this standard so high by getting to the Western Conference Finals, by upsetting Utah, upsetting the Clippers, that I wonder if it's a little unrealistic. And I think maybe if Nuggets Nation maybe got a little inflated because maybe, just maybe, this team isn't as good as they were in the bubble. You know, there's been conversation of, we saw Jason Tatum come out say, 
you know, I was shocked at how teams and certain players were playing in the bubble because that's not how they normally play. And I'm not saying he was taking a shot at the Nuggets, but just looking at the way they've come out of the gate, I'm starting to wonder if this team really kind of caught fire and ran with it in the bubble. And, and maybe they're not as good as we quite, you know, maybe not as good as we thought they were. Well, there's two layers to that. The first of all is the bubble was the most unique setting in sports history, mm -hmm. no doubt. So some guys were going to thrive down there for whatever reason and others weren't. Um, maybe it was the Nuggets' lucky day or lucky week or lucky couple months, but Jamal Murray, for whatever reason, that atmosphere, that small court, no fans, mm -hmm. that's where he thrived. Um, in the playoffs, I wouldn't say they were pickup games, but in the restart games, they kind of were pickup games, and maybe yep. Jamal thrives a little more in that type of atmosphere. Um, I think it would be a discredit to say it wasn't legitimate, but at the same time, those circumstances aren't going to be replicated. Because, yeah, while the arenas are empty, you're still back in 18,000, 20,000 people arenas and not in the setting you were in the bubble. So for whatever reason, he thrived in that setting and isn't anymore. The second layer, and this is the obvious one, and I know you've discussed this time and time again, mm -hmm. the Nuggets had a horrible offseason. Tim yes. Conley had an absolutely awful offseason. Maybe not by choice, and that's where I won't kill Tim like some people will. If all the reports are true about Jeremy Grant, he offered him the same money, and Jeremy see, and I, I've heard the same thing, man. And it, yeah. it really seems like Jeremy Grant just wanted to do it himself. He wanted to go get his in Detroit, have fun winning twenty games, Jeremy. Yeah, Grant, whatever. But to lose <laughs> Jeremy Grant, Mason Plumley, and Tory Craig, mm -hmm. and your only significant addition be Jamichael Green. Now I get it; they they signed the point guard, um, out of Europe, uh, yeah, and and Isaiah Hartenson, whatever. What they subtracted is significantly more than what they added. Yeah, you got spin doctors in this town who will tell you it's a one for a one. No, they got worse this offseason. So the, yeah. the two parts of the equation are Jamal Murray's not in the bubble anymore. He's a different player. And the team's roster took a step back this offseason. Granted, a unique one and a short one, but it wasn't a good one for the Nuggets. Yeah, definitely a double whammy situation there. And I think, you know, I think the Nuggets were certainly expecting Murray to kind of maintain that level of play to kind of help, you know, withstand that drop off from losing a guy like Jeremy Grant and losing, you know, key guys and Tory Craig and Plumley. And I, I know that Plumley frustrated a lot of people, same with Craig at times, but they were key character guys in that locker room. You know, they were very important in, in that sense. But, you know, I, I gotta hone in on Murray here. And it, it's a it's a larger question. I know that one that you and I have discussed on social media. Um and that is, you know, do the Nuggets need to make a move? And obviously James Harden's name has been thrown out there numerous times. Uh, we've heard Michael Porter Jr. is untouchable. It doesn't seem like Denver's inclined to trade Jamal Murray. Uh, but I personally look at this roster, man, and, and I've said this for years, you know, probably three, four years now. I, I currently think that with the roster as is, the players as is, that the Nuggets' current trajectory is that of the George Carl years in the sense that they're going to beat up on teams in the regular season. They're going to win maybe a playoff round or two, but they're going to bottom out when it really matters most because they don't take it to the next level. Um, so with that, I'm, I'm just curious to get your overall feel about the state of the Nuggets. You know, can this team get back to the Western Conference or do they need to maybe consider moving a player like MPJ or Murray to, you know, get to that elite status in the West? Yeah, well, first of all, love George. You're giving George a little too much credit. George got out of the first round one time his yep. entire tenure. And that's when Chauncey Billups came in and took him to the Western Conference. Finals. You're not wrong. It's the same article, argument I always make about Carmelo Anthony, too. He he didn't win squat. He lost him five every year in the first round until Chauncey <laughs> came and saved him. I won't go on that. Point. Sorry, that's just my Nuggets rant. Um, but in terms of making a move, and, and you bring up Harden, and you and I have been kind of the only two on Twitter um, that have been pumping the Nuggets should seriously pursue Harden. Um, do I say it a little tongue-in-cheek at times to mm -hmm. 
fire people up, sure, because I know Harden's a lightning rod and it's going to get some reaction. But I promise you, I actually think they should make a trade or make a play for James Harden. Um, you know, as of this recording, Woj is reporting that Harden's sitting out of practice and so weird. Kind of the Nets and the Sixers that are that are you know kind of dialing in, and I think James Harden's probably played his last game for the Houston Rockets. If we're if we're reading between the lines on that one, mm-hmm. um, so the Nuggets could swoop it um, right now and and make a play for James Harden. Do I think it's going to happen? No. But if you called Houston right now and did a package centered around Michael Porter Jr., Gary Harris, who, again, it was a small sample size but showed some flashes, mm-hmm. and Will Barton to make the salaries match, um, and, and you throw in, you know, God knows how many picks. I mean, they're not NFL picks. They, you know, yeah. they get panicked about picks. You know where picks matter? The NFL. Picks don't matter that much in the NBA, especially late in the form. So if you throw in those three guys plus the picks – it's going to be a competitive offer. And mm-hmm. my argument is your current constructed team going to win a title? No, you can't get past the Lakers with this current roster. Could Murray Harden and Jokic as a core three? Maybe, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say, yes, plan the parade route, but I will give you a maybe. And guess what's better than no, maybe. Yep. Would the styles have to mesh. Would it be ugly at first? Is James Harden fun to watch play basketball? No, none of that. But if you gave this team 50-game ramp-up to the postseason and they're clicking come April, come May, could you beat the Lakers with Harden, Jokic, and Murray, especially if Murray can return to bubble form, Murray? Mm -hmm. You could. And that's my argument to people is do we want to keep making the Elite Eight and the Final Four uh, NBA style, for lack of a better term, or do you want to throw a parade and give the Nuggets their first championship in history? If I'm Tim Conley, I'm thinking about shoving the chips all in. I I completely agree, man. I, I completely agree. And I think at the end of the day, you know, the old saying, you know, you're telling me there's a chance. You're saying there's a chance. And I, I think that's exactly what you apply when you think about a James Harden trade or even Bradley Beal, you know, or, or just someone of that level. Because I agree with you, man. This team is not winning the finals. Even, even if Michael Porter Jr., Unless Michael Porter Jr. evolves to like this apex dominant player, which he could, but it doesn't seem like he's going to be that good. You know, the Nuggets aren't winning a title. And with that, I agree with you, man. It's you got to take a gamble every now and again. I look at a team like Toronto, you know, that's kind of the cliche right now, but they rolled the dice on Kawhi Leonard and it paid off. You know, sometimes you've got to take a chance. And, And, you know, I work in the gambling industry, so maybe I'm a little bit more inclined to you know, want the Nuggets to take a risk and whatnot. But at the end of the day, man, in the NBA, nine times out of 10, the best team is always going to win. The team with the most talent, the team with the best players is going to win, unless you get the flukish Dallas Mavericks team, you know, which comes around once in a blue moon. Could the Nuggets be that flukish Dallas Mavericks team potentially with this core? Sure. But I think that the Nuggets' chances are a hell of a lot better by making a move for an elite level player. And to round that on your draft picks comment, what good are these draft picks if you have a head coach who doesn't like to play young players? That's my other key is, I mean, we saw Bull Bull get the start yesterday, which was phenomenal, but I mean, what good is it to develop these players if Malone wants to win now? Yeah. I mean, Zeke's not playing. RJ Hampton's not playing. You know, these guys we were excited about on draft night. Can't even sniff the court right now. Want to go back to something you said on Bradley Beal. You know, if Harden is unattainable, you start looking at that second layer Mm -hmm. and Beal's been been great to start this young season, but it's going to take Michael Porter Jr. to to find any of these guys, you know? And so that's where the, the, the name in the trade may be a little different, um, Beal not Harden. But there's no way the Wizards are giving up Bradley Beal unless Michael Porter Jr. Mm-hmm. is the main centerpiece of the trade. 
And Porter right now had a great start to the season, the weird COVID thing, he's out, whatever. But I don't know if his stock's going to get a ton higher than it is right now because he's yes. still shrouded in a little bit of mystery. And mm-hmm. say he's healthy from COVID, comes back and averages, I don't know, 13 and 8 and is a contributor. And he and Will Barton are still battling for the starting minutes. And he's tweeting weird cryptic stuff. And he's unhappy. <laughs> I mean, he seems like a nice enough guy, but let's be honest. The, the guy has made headlines for a lot of wrong reasons mm-hmm. over the last year or so. I mean, he goes on Snapchat and says coronavirus is a hoax. And, mm-hmm. um, it, you know, it, it, some of his George Floyd tweets set a lot of people off, and I understand why. And um, is it just a guy that you could get a lot back for and you maybe want to cut bait now before this gets any any weirder? I mean, this COVID thing, I I, I feel bad for him. If he has it, I feel terrible for him. But he has missed so much time that at some point this feels very on brand for Michael Porter Jr. and who he is. And he may just be more of a headache than he's worth if you can get a hardener of Beal for him at this point. I completely agree. And I have to acknowledge this aspect of it as well. And I hope it doesn't happen. Knock on wood. But there's a reason why the Nuggets were able to draft him. And that's his injury history. And we've you cannot tell me this guy's going to go his whole career without suffering a big injury. And I'm not wishing that on him. I'm not saying it's going to happen. But this was a known risk entering his career. If you're the Denver Nuggets and you have the opportunity to trade, you know, someone who, you know, you can, there's some red flags there with his injuries, his personality, all that kind of stuff for an elite level player. Man, I just maybe maybe your window shortens by two or three years, but I think your ceiling, you know, gets a little higher. Yeah, and, and last thought on this is Nikola Jokic when he walked off the court last night looked frustrated. He yep. he looked unhappy. He knew that this team blew a golden opportunity. And you look at James Harden in front of a hot microphone last night, tell the Houston media this team ain't good enough. Mm-hmm. We're not going to get over the hump. And basically, his closest thing to a trade demand yet. Nikola Jokic is nowhere near that territory. Mm-hmm. But in the NBA, it is bad business to piss off your superstars. Yep. It can set a franchise back a decade. Houston, the second they trade Harden, that team's winning 20 to 30 games for the next four or five years. They are not a contender. They are nothing. Mm-hmm. So to keep Nikola Jokic happy is the other piece of this equation. Because at some point, Nikola is going to get sick of averaging close to a triple-double carrying this team on a nightly basis and losing games like they lost last night. Yeah, no, I I completely agree, man. And, you know, to his credit, you know, I've criticized Jokic in the past. He's been playing at an MVP level. You know, there is no excuse to surround him with this mediocre talent and this mediocre performance uh, moving forward. So I completely agree with you there, man. But uh, yeah, five and six Denver coming home with this game against the Golden State Warriors. Um, Any parting thoughts here as we wrap this up? You know, Denver coming home with a nice game against an up and coming golden state team with some young talent and some vets. Uh, what do you want to see out of the team here? You know, kind of as we round out the month of January and move forward with the meeting season. Well, if I'm not wrong, they still haven't played with their full rotation, a single game yet. Now mm-hmm. granted, it was J Michael green at one point who, who, you know what? He, he's been a pleasant surprise. I don't think he's Jeremy Grant, but he's been better than I expected. Um, and then the fourth thing, and now the Harris thing. So Oh, look at this. Hold on. The the Nets just acquired James Harden. I just got the update on my phone. Wow, we've got some breaking news. Any uh, any information on the package? I'm trying to see. Ramona Shelburne is the one that's breaking it. Wow, now i got to drop this as soon as I – let me see. Woj, nothing yet, just four minutes ago. So it looks like he's going to Brooklyn. So that's another team that Denver's not getting past now. No way. 
no. And that, you know, you'd have to face him in the finals. So, that, you here know, that's go. probably how Dream Mads is. But you got the trade details here? Yeah, we got uh, Brooklyn acquiring James Harden in the three-way deal with Cleveland. Uh, Karis Levert, Dante Exum, Radonis Karukas, four first-round picks, including Cavs' 2022 first-round pick via Bucks, and four Nets pick swaps to Rockets. Jared Allen, Prince, to the Cavs. That's a, so that's they got a doozy. Him. So they got him for Allen, Levert, Prince, mm-hmm. and a bunch of picks. And a bunch okay. of picks. You can't tell me that Porter, Harris, Barton, and a bunch of picks isn't the same package or maybe even a little better. I know Levert's playing out of his mind right now, and Allen has some upside. But in terms of superstar potential, Porter's Porter's higher in my ceiling than Levert is. So, I completely agree. Um, you know, we're reacting to this in live time, obviously. This just came down. More details will emerge. But to put a bow on our whole conversation, yep. could Tim Connolly have made this happen? My initial reaction is yes. I completely agree. I think that the Nuggets had the assets to rival any offer, um, kind of what we've seen here recently as well. So uh, interesting stuff coming down here. Br- James Harden now a member of the Brooklyn Nets, but – you know, he's out of the West, so not, not necessarily that Houston was a, a threat to the Nuggets this year, but, you know, the fact that James Harden isn't in the, isn't in the West, I guess, should help the Nuggets' case to maybe try to make a run here and, and try yeah, to up their case. Yeah, you've got the in pretty much a rebuild now. You've got the Thunder in a rebuild. Um, the Kings don't scare you, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, Nuggets will still be a playoff team, but the Lakers didn't get any worse today. The Clippers yep. didn't get any worse today. The path to even the second round. Uh, and, of course, the Western Conference Finals is, is going to be just as tough as ever. I completely agree. All righty, let's go ahead and put a bow on it. Will Peterson of Nine News joining me here today on the latest installment of the Denver Nuggets podcast right here on Mile High Sports. Will, my man, thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, anything you want to pump up, anything you guys are working on over there at Nine News that you want to let the listeners know about? Well, you know, the Broncos just hired a GM today, yep. so head over to NineNews.com, read about that. We've got all your sports covered, um, especially – on the prep level, I think we do the preps better than anyone in town. So if you're if you're interested in the high school stuff, 9news.com slash HSS always works as well. But uh, tell everyone at Mile High Sports, I say, hey, I miss you guys, and I appreciate you having me on. Will do, man. And uh, we've got the Colorado Avalanche, too, with their season opener tonight. So that should be a good one uh, up against the St. Louis Blues. Uh, where can they follow you on social media, man? At Peterson Will on Twitter. Peterson is all ease. That's going to be your best bet. Um, and can't wait to not watch the Avs game tonight. Good times. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. The unfortunate reality of the situation. So, yeah. all right, man. He is Will Peterson of Nine News. Thank you so much for joining me on this installment of the Denver Nuggets podcast right here on Mile High Sports. We'll be back at it again with a new episode uh, probably tomorrow or Friday. So be sure to keep an eye on that as it comes out uh, on the Internet. We'll talk to you guys later.